0: We're tasting Glen Livet at the moment, but could you tell me the Glen, which is Valley of the Rhinestone Cowboy? Glen Campbell. Boom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Valley of the Land Down Under. Glen Chunder. Glen at Work.
1: Glen at oh, Oh, mm. that's very good. <laughs> Mate, Glen this at is Work.
0: <laughs> podcast Gold, this is Valley of the Galaxy Defenders.
1: Glen Men in Black. What?
0: Well, Glen. Well, Glen in Black. Anyway, let's move on from this now. (laughs) This is atrocious podcasting.
1: This week on Whiskey and Things, we talk to each
0: other. And we sample our first Glen in the form of the Glenlivet Founders Reserve Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. And we hear words come out of the whiskey god's mouth. Yes.
1: Don't forget, please get in contact and get involved on our social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Whiskey and Things. And we're on Instagram at Whiskey and Things Podcast. That's whiskey without an E. And don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe on your preferred,
0: your least favourite and your middle child podcast platforms because
2: they all deserve love. They all deserve love. They do. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast with Dave Giles and Nick Kent.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Things. I'm Dave Giles. And I am Nick Kent. This is episode 13.
0: Episode 13, Baker's Dozen. Unlucky for some. Out of the uh, last 13 or the last 12
1: episodes, which one do we burn, Dave? I don't know. I don't know. But Houston, we've had a problem. We've got no guest. Oh, you think it's this one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Out of the baker's dozen, we've burnt this one because we have no guest. No, it's fine. We have no guests. It's fine. We,
1: uh, we we don't have a guest this week. And the, re- the reason we don't have a guest this week is because we never intended on there being a guest every week. There's was never meant to be a guest every week. We figured that when we started this, it was at the start of lockdown and we had six weeks of lockdown. Well, we'll have six guests on. And then we can go and do stuff. Well, it turned out it's gone on a bit longer. So yeah. we kept up with the guests. And then we've just decided that we forgot that we weren't supposed to have a guest. So we're going to try one without. Yeah. And as well, like
0: at the beginning, we were still working out what this podcast was. And we found the format which worked. Which had a guest with two segments and then every week we just copied and pasted, copied and pasted, got another guest, copied and pasted and, you know, suddenly we're 12 episodes down and we haven't done one, just two of us. so Just the two of us. Just the two Like of nature
1: intended,
0: Like nature intended, right? Like nature intended. What did I just say? Across a Zoom call or a... Across a Zoom
1: call. A house party 300 call, miles away. However we do this. <laughs> but there we yes. go. So, uh... So it's so new format this week. We're going to try and mess it up a little bit and see what comes out. So let us know your thoughts on how we get on with this. And we did some thoughts on last week's show, Nick. I'm not going to lie. We did all that work, 48 minutes. Oh, yeah. And all anyone wants to talk about is Marty McFly. I don't know why I bother.
0: I don't know why I bother. <laughs> we did one run. It was like 52 minutes. We, then we cut the fat and we got down to 48.
1: Yeah, tried really hard. Really all hard. All anyone wants to talk about is that pesky fly. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he seems to be polarising opinion as well, if I'm brutally honest. Makes a change. For example, Kate Sharp says, on this week's episode, a heart-wrenching ballad on love, life, loss and whiskey by the vastly underrated Marty McFly.
0: Really? Yeah, he hasn't been nominated for any awards yet, has he? So, yeah, he should be.
1: Well, uh, Amar, Amar has said that uh, we need to find Marty McFly and get him a record deal. Okay. But Lauren, Lauren is saying... Ryan well, needs to stick with chasing the cursor on Nick's monitor he was good at that <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and someone just to continue to toy of your emotions Nick someone has actually set up a Marty McFly <laughs> Twitter account and uh, Marty has tweeted us I'm having to fill the void of having no whiskey by writing songs at Nick Kent how could you do this to me it's not my fault I don't care it's just good riddance it's to just you. bullying good riddance I it's don't care anymore didn't didn't you think he was back
0: this week, though? I did, yeah, but then I, tried, I tested it with the cursor under him. He did follow he, it. Didn't chase the cursor? I, no, he did follow it. No, there's another video I haven't sent you, Dave, actually.
1: What? There was... <laughs> Is he back? There was one <laughs> Is back. He
0: back? I don't know if it's him. I can't believe I'm even entertaining this concept anymore. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm an artist.
1: You're done. I'm a serious artist. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm done with all this.
2: (laughs) All right, seriously. Should we crack on with this week's show? Let's crack on. I'm done. Whiskey Bots, roll out. This week's whiskey
0: is the Glenlivet Founders Reserve. We have a Glen. We have a Glen. Why are we doing it this week? Because it was on offer in (laughs) Tesco. And I've nearly finished the bottle, so we need to do it so I can finish the bottle and not feel guilty.
1: How how much was it, Nick, just out of curiosity? Because I had this little gift bottle that someone had gave me years ago and I hadn't got round to it. I don't know how long ago I've had this, actually, so I'm hoping it's all right. But how much was your Was it 70 CL? Yep, standard 70 CL. Um, Usually the 33 quid. But Tesco were doing it
0: for 23, which was a steal.
1: It's not bad, really? is it? It's not bad. It's a good deal, that.
0: But yeah, it's a Glen. It's our first Glen. And it's also a space side. Space side. I like space.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you tell me there was space whiskies? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I thought, no, Dave. I thought you'd know this stuff. Um, we'll talk more about the space side stuff probably next week because we didn't know we were doing two space sides in a row, to be honest. But next week we're doing a space side as well. Speyside is a region of the Highlands area. Right. It's an area of the Highlands where, because of a certain river, the River Spey, there was an absolute huge density. You are my density. density, density, Um, density (laughs) of distilleries.
1: Yeah? Oh my God. There's always love a Back to the Future reference.
2: Well done. Well done. Density. Density.
1: Density,
2: <laughs> for um, those of
1: you who can't see Nick is even doing the hand gesture oh with shaking hand density just like George McFly what a legend
0: but yeah there was a, a <laughs> load of distilleries high density in one area so they kind of called it side. and it does have certain flavours even though it's in the middle of the Highland region yeah
1: yeah, Nick. A lot, a lot of people who perhaps aren't big whiskey people, and I consider myself one of those as well. Because as much as I enjoy drinking it, I don't know much about it. You've been teaching me a lot. Every now and then, I look look something up. But people in it will go into like their supermarket, get to the whiskey aisle, and see all these Glens. Mm-hmm. What is a Glen? What is a Glen? Who is Glen? Or who? who is he? Is it the master distiller, Glen? Yeah, he he invented whiskey. Actually, all oh, right, okay, yeah,
0: it all makes sense now. Some say it's actually the whiskey <laughs> god's first name.
1: Oh really? Yeah,
0: that's that's a rumour. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll have to ask him we, about that. We'll ask him <laughs> at
0: some point. Probably next week though, yeah. Next week. But Glen means valley in Gaelic. Oh, okay. Valleys so, in yeah, Scotland. Yeah. So we're talking like Glen Livet. The valley's called well, it's Glen, it's a valley, and the river that runs through it is called the Livet. That's where they yeah. get their name from. Lovely. Glen Fiddick means Valley of the Deer. Right. There's deer in that valley, apparently. Anyway, let's talk about this Glenn Livick. Founders (laughs) Reserve. The Founders Reserve is their entry level. It was launched in 2015. Um, Before that, the 12-year-old was their entry level, which is quite old, I think, for an entry level, which is why this came out. It's the second most popular malt whiskey, the second biggest selling malt whiskey in the world, after Glenn Fiddich.
1: Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at that as well. We've had a couple of people get in contact on Facebook who have uh, have some opinions about Glenlivet. So I think we should read them out before we get cracking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I think these are these are kind of interesting. So we've had two people, and they're new people, Nick. They're new people. New people. People we've not heard from before. New girl. Which new is girl. lovely. New girl. Don't forget, we do let people know what uh, whiskey we're trying next week. So it's always great to hear from people. We heard from Chris Payne on Facebook. Hello. Okay. Actually, both of these are on Facebook. And Chris Payne has said that he's never actually tried the Founders Reserve, but he hopes that it's as good as the 15th and the 18th. Because if it would be, then it will be superb. When I said that I believed that this was the entry level one, mm-hmm. he said, that's a shame. However, I haven't been disappointed with anything they have produced. So hopefully it's nice and also reasonably priced. Yeah. Uh, and you would assume that it, with it being such a good seller, it is good. I don't think I've ever had it. Um, also, we've heard from Matthew Rodwell, also on Facebook, and he said it's not as good as the 12. Uh, it is their ent- ent- entry level, but it's still miles better than a stock blended like Black Label or Ballantines. He said he's terrible at tasting notes, but he always gets apples and pears with the Glenlivet line and a little caramel. Yeah, totally, so, uh, totally. Hello, Matt. Interesting that he likes the stairs. Yeah. So uh, thanks for Matthew and to Chris for getting in contact about that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it doesn't um, have a um, age on it
0: because they, with this one, they've uh, mixed barrels from, of different ages together. You know. So, right.
1: So, so remind me how they can do that and it still be a single mall?
0: because it's all from one distillery. There are different aged barrels from the Glenlivet distillery. It's not like with. Um, right. Okay. Johnny Walker, for example, they might be, they're, they're a blend. They don't have age statements on a lot of theirs because they've been blending different distilleries together, for example. Right.
1: Okay. So it's still a single
0: malt. Right. Um,
1: on the eyes, this one's quite pow, I think. It is. Compared to some others we've done the recently. straw. It's quite yellow. Yeah. Uh, straw, yes. Good. Nice. Like that. Like that one. Um, yeah. It looks like wee wee. I'm not going to lie. It looks like you've had a night out
0: and this is the morning. It certainly does. Yeah.
1: This is a morning after. This is a morning after whiskey. Look, it smells smoky. You getting smoke? I Don't know.
0: I haven't really got the smoke to be honest. I get like I still get the fruit loaf I'm, kind of vibe from it. I'm um, definitely getting
1: it. I'm getting the fruits, the apples and the pears. Yeah,
0: definitely a pear, more citrus it, it, kind of it, thing.
1: It, it does smell like a strong cider. Oh, interesting. Okay, probably won't taste like one, but it definitely smells like one. It's got a very an apple juicy smell, and it looks like apple juice. In fairness, so that's you know maybe it is. Get a bit of toffee on the palate. Do I get toffee on a palate? Yeah, I do get toffee on the palate. Yep. Yeah, now, yep. Yeah. It took a while, but I did get there in the end. Yeah. I, I think it's because my because I, I, I went for the smell and it was so applely. I was expecting something so different when it hit my tongue. I think I still still am getting that. Weirdly, smells of apple mm. taste more like pear, like a pear drop. Oh
0: yes, 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 yes. I know
1: what you mean. Um, you know those like boiled sweets. Yeah, totally pear drop things. It's got a lot of that in it, the f- and the fizziness of that as well. It feels like
0: was there a pear and custard Even I one? See.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, that's exactly yeah. it. The yellow or, or yeah, yeah, that rhubarb custard, yellow, yellow uh, and yellow yeah, yellow and red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that in there. There's definitely uh, a bit of that in there.
0: I want to try the older ones. Yes, yeah, so, I want to try the older ones. Yeah,
1: me too. If someone if someone were to buy me a bottle of this, I wouldn't be unhappy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it would get. You know, you drink it like, but you know how there are some whiskeys you get and you're like, oh, not again. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna have to re-gift this. Um a white a white and McKay <laughs> but, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bells. But you know, this is definitely nowhere near that category. This is a this is a very pleasant, oh, pleasant no, whiskey. A, a very pleasant. If someone if someone got you the fifteen or the eighteen, not we've tried them, I think it'd be a little bit more like, oh, interesting. I've got
0: a bottle of twelve over there, but it's in my uh it's, I'm not gonna uh, it's one I'm not opening. I got it in two thousand and five two thousand five, two thousand six, and I haven't opened it. Good year. What, why? When I was in TAT, I won it at a Christmas party for a publisher's and I kind of vowed, I'm not opening this until we've had a platinum album or this, that and the other. And I still haven't opened it because I feel like if I open it, then that's it. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen for me. I'm never going to be on a platinum album. So I've had it for how many Can- years? 15 years? I-
1: I'm going to share a story here. Did you remember a band called The Dum Dums? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. All
1: right. So these were... Fairly big pop punk band, like British pop punk band, pre-busted, and it was it was very cheesy. It's very yeah, pop teenage 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 pop music, but with guitars, right? Adolescent based songs. Now they apparently, when they formed, said, "When we've played Wembley Stadium, we'll quit." Right. First album comes out; it's doing really well. Like it's getting radio play. I think they had a number one single off it, which back then people meant people were actually buying it. Yep. Because this was like 2000, 2000, 2001, I believe, maybe two thousand two into two thousand two, and then they supported. It was either Robbie Williams or Bon Jovi. I think it was Robbie Williams at Wembley Stadium. That'll work, yeah. And they quit. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> that was it. They split up because they supported. Like so, rather than Good like being them. like, maybe we should say, maybe we should say headline. Yeah, no, Wembley because like it was played it. And they stuck to their guns and quit. Mate. And like the, the singer Josh has gone off and tried to have his own solo career. Uh, some of the others have ended up doing TV work. I can't remember doing what. I think one of them ended up in the band for Ricky Gervais's thing. Anyway, or maybe two of them. I can't remember. The, okay.
0: the oh, respect David Brent to them, show. That's great.
1: I yeah, love that. I know, because uh, literally they were riding high, major label deals, doing yeah. all that. And they just went, nope. Nope, we play Wembley. We're done. <laughs> Job done. Ticked. Job done. Mate. Job done. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. I like that stuff. I wonder whether they had a bottle of Glenlivet for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> when we've drunk this bottle no, of whiskey, you know. we'll quit. Yes.
0: Right. Um. You can hear what the whiskey god has to say about the Glenlivet Founder's Reserve. Founder's Reserve. Later in the show.
2: Just get the things over with. Should we carry
0: on talking about Wembley Stadium and stuff? Yeah, right. Talking of Wembley Stadium. I put up a couple of prints this week of some photos I'd taken of like Tom Petty and Frank Turner.
1: They weren't at Wembley Stadium.
0: No, they weren't. They got me thinking about old gigs and my favourite gigs I'd ever seen. All oh, right, yeah. And it got me thinking about my, my first gig. Wasn't it Wembley Stadium? It was at Wembley Stadium. Who was it? We're talking old Wembley Stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah obviously. Well. Twin Towers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1999, I'll, say, I'll set the scene. 17-year-old Nick Kent. Yeah. Working as an apprentice mechanic in Bromley.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the other mechanics as a spare ticket. Aerosmith, Wembley Stadium. That was your first ever gig? My first proper gig. I've been to other ones like at the Tunbridge Wells Forum and stuff like that. Shitty little gigs. This was my first big kind of concert.
1: Big Um, concert.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's not about... Who was supporting? You must remember. Oh God, yeah. Opening, Three Colours Red. Remember them? Nice. yeah. Chris yeah, McCormack.
0: Yeah. You might have met Chris McCormack. He runs um, like Club Nights in Camden.
1: Mate, name rings a bell. Name definitely rings a bell. Yeah, he runs a Club Night in Camden
0: at the what is now the Camden Assembly, which I hope will come back very soon.
1: After that, Stereophonics. No way. They were supporting. They were supporting. Yeah. 99. 99. So no, two albums that they had. Two albums, the second album was out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Martin- and they were supporting Aerosmith.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had three colours red. Stereophonics. Mate, the list gets longer and longer. They they come out, they open with Bartender and the Thief.
1: Yeah, of course they right.
0: do. With the gold top Les Paul, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, That come out in November the year before. Um, oh, mate. And he kicked the football into the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Who comes up after that? The Black Crowes. Another- How long is this lineup? That's the thing. They kept adding people. Who else? Oh, but Dave. Get- but Dave, there's one more. Lenny Kravitz.
1: Oh my God. How much was the ticket? I can't remember. It wasn't much.
0: Well, not like today's standards, you know what I mean? It's for like 40 quid or something.
1: That would have been a 300 quid ticket today.
0: Oh yeah, but that's the thing. Back then, it was when they didn't like segregate the, the standing bit. There was no off. gold circle. No like diamonds, VIP bit or whatever. You be at the front, special people at the front. It was, you had a ticket to stand on the pitch. You could go wherever you wanted. If you arrive late, you could go to the front if you had the balls, you know, you could do whatever you wanted. Mate, don't you miss those? I know it's safer now and all that kind of stuff, but you remember those days where you could just go wherever you wanted and it was just, everyone just packed in and you just got on with it. It It's fantastic.
1: Aerosmith, man. I, I went to a few gigs at Old Wembley Stadium. I saw Brian Adams there, supported by Delamitri. Oh, nice! Uh, I must, I must have been ten years old, maybe, maybe younger than that. Ten. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't have been able to see much, and we had standing tickets as well. So I can't remember. I must have been watching on the screens or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. saw the Eagles uh, again. I was about twelve years old, probably younger than that. So these probably, were. What's your first first gig then? That was just, oh, well, I was like six six years old. March nineteen ninety two, six year old Dave. Good lord! Uh, got taken. To a Hammersmith Apollo uh by his parents <laughs> with his with his older brother in tat. And we watched it was a seated show, so that was, you know. Yeah, yeah. For a six year old not, getting not for bad. And yeah, it was uh it was Crosby Seals and Nash. Oh so uh, of course it, it was it was an acoustic show, so just the three of them have acoustic guitars. And I remember vividly projecting myself on stage. At six years old and being like, "Really, I want to do that." I I was hoping that they were going to pull me up <laughs> and ask me to sing along and play. Even though one, I couldn't play the guitar, and two, I probably knew the songs, but I wouldn't have like wouldn't yeah, have had a clue you think what it's I was possible doing. back
0: then when you're six.
1: Yeah, don't you? exactly, exactly. Oh, but yeah. I, I remember, th- I remember actually thinking, "I want to do that. I, I want them to pull me up on stage." Wow and. Yeah, it's no so it's no surprise they end up doing what I did. But yeah, oh, Wembley, I used to love that. I I went to a, I saw Oasis there in two thousand, one of the last gigs there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which is, which became the familiar to millions album. Who was on that? Happy Mondays and the Doves were the support acts. But yeah, I saw a few. I went to see Net Aid there, which was like a, another attempt at doing like a big Live Aid thing. But it was I can't Net remember what Net Aid. Net Aid. Yeah. So this was again. This was two thousand. I was in year ten, and I had a broken wrist. Uh, so it may have been 2000, it may have been 99, it may have been before the millennium, I can't, yeah, it may have been. Anyway, it was around that, I was in year 10, broken yeah. wrist, down the front, here's the lineup: Wembley Stadium, uh, and everyone, so everyone came out and did like three or four songs. Uh, the Eurythmics, Ooh. Catatonia, nice. Stereophonics, George Michael, Robbie Williams, uh, David Bowie. Blimey. I kid you not, David Good Bowie, Lord. who else What did he, say, what, did, what songs did he do? I can't remember, uh, I, I, I generally can't remember. And my first experience of a band called Bush. Oh. Well, they never did anything. Kid you not. <laughs> kid you not. And it, while they were on, no one knew who they were. Right. Like other so than that. They massive about in ten, America, weren't they? They're were about there were about ten kids over the right who knew who they were. And and that was it in the whole stadium, like right in front of the stadium, about ten kids down the front, knew who they were, loving every minute. Yeah. And that was literally it.
0: Well, a sixteen stone come out.
1: Yeah, I think Raised by Super was out. Yeah, okay, that yeah, was the so, second up. Yeah, because obviously this was advertised to like people like Robbie Williams and stuff like that. So, <laughs> what the hell were Bush on right. that? On that, but they were, they were doing a show in Philadelphia at the same time. It was almost identical to like they were really trying to build up it as the Live Aid, and they should have been on that. I think more people would have known them over there. Yeah, uh, than that. But then, t- so then after that, I was like, who's this band Bush? Because I was a bit edgy. So I got into Bush. Yeah, loved yeah, yeah. them. Started. And then Nigel ended up producing, the guitarist, ended up producing my first album, which is, and we became good mates, which is crazy. Yeah, And we talked about that Wembley gig. He was like, yeah, we shouldn't have been on that film. No one (laughs) had a clue. No one had a clue who we were. But they said that um, once they played Wembley, they were going to split up. (laughs) Dum Dum style. See, everyone was doing it. No, No, they didn't really, but that would have been fun. Oh mate, that's amazing. the, The first gig I went to on my own, without my family, although my dad did drive us there, was also Wembley, but it was Wembley Arena. And it was, I'm pretty sure this was the first one. It was a Stereophonics.
0: Wow. Just after the performance
1: of Cocktails come out. So it would have been, would have been 99, I think. Right. Yeah. I didn't know Aerosmith was your first ever gig. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's a great shout.
0: It wasn't meant to be. My first gig was meant to be the, the, the big day out at Milton Keynes Bowl, which was the weekend after that gig. But this one came up randomly because the guy at work had a ticket.
1: Who was at the big day out?
0: The um, Metallica were headlining, right? Okay, supported by like, Marilyn Manson and <laughs> stuff like that. That was the gig where Marilyn Manson was wearing a corset and a thong, and he decided to turn around, bend over, and show everyone his asshole.
1: I think. I think I actually had a post of that on my wall from Melody Maker because I thought it was so edgy that <laughs> yeah, I it, was the, it was definitely a poster <laughs> in Melody Maker. I can't remember if I put it up or not, but I remember they actually made it as a poster. Of that was from starfish. that gig. Yeah,
0: that's from that gig. Yeah, man. Grim.
1: Happy days. Grim, grim, grim. Yeah. Pretty
0: yeah did, grim. when
1: you when you saw your when you went to Sierra Smith, was that like a uh, a moment where you are like, I want to do that?
0: Oh, of course, yeah. I think I've been in bands. Well, old I was 17 then and I'd been in so you, playing the band for a couple of years by that. No, this was before. This was Narcosis. This was pre daystar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I was I was lead singer in a band called Narcosis. Lead
1: um, singer? Yeah, man. I did not know this. I did yeah, not I didn't know this. Did not play instruments
0: back then? I only started playing guitar and bass in Daystar which was the one the band after that.
1: Are there any recordings? Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. This was pre like digital, so maybe a cassette tape somewhere under a spare bed Mate, at you, my parents' you've house. You've got maybe. to try and
1: hunt that down. You've got to try and hunt that down. Just don't, for the novelty.
0: Don't. I think members of that band listen to this podcast, so they might have something.
1: If if they do, I would love to hear it. We don't have to make it public, but I would like to hear it. You you as a teenager singing, you must have heard me as a teenager singing when I did my solo show. I, it's outrageously bad. I'm putting on this really weird accent. Oh, it's horrendous. Oh, I will, have, I will really? upload it because it's so bad. What it's kind of so, 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 so bad. Like 2000, year 2000, or 99, a gig I did, like solo gig. Hmm. And it's horrendous. Oh my God, it's horrendous. Oh, I want to hear that. Okay, we'll do well, a swap. I'll, I'll upload it. We'll do, yeah. Mate, and and, and do you know where that where that venue was? The Hermit, which I come to see you play with Tat once.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, and they used to record the gigs, and Paul at the back used to record the gigs so you could get a CD of your gig. What a legend. So, of course, if you have any first gig stories you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear them because first gigs often mean a lot to people and that like certainly mine was a big moment and, and Nick, like the fact that you can remember all those bands mm. and, and got such vivid memories. So uh, if you have an interesting first gig story, we'd love to hear it. Please uh, get in contact all the usual ways. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, LinkedIn. <laughs> anyway, shall we hear from the God? Smoke signals. Smoke signals. <laughs> pigeon. Old school. Yeah, homing pigeon would be great. <laughs> Send us a raven. Anyway.
0: All <laughs> <laughs> right, let's hear from the God, shall we? Whiskey? hope everyone's enjoying... You know, the fact it's just us two chatting, I was enjoying. I enjoyed that last segment, Dave.
1: Yeah, it's no, all... um, you know it's, uh, it's nice that I'm learning stuff about you. I know. I didn't know, <laughs> didn't, didn't know you were in a band as a lead singer. What the hell?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that. I don't shout about it, Dave. But um, <laughs> shall we summon the whiskey god, see, see if he can tell us about his first gig? I remember <laughs> my first beer. Um... Hey, <laughs> God. Hey, God. He's, hey god. He, he's just... A clap of thunder in his in he usually does the thaw these days but he's he's taking his time oh my god Where
1: is he? god
2: oh my god is he asleep <clears throat> uh, sorry the sound of your voices sends me into a deep slumber you are quite boring when left to your own devices
1: well that's just bloody rude wow And we invite you to speak to us every week, and that's how you treat us. That's just just charming. Charming, God. That's a bit harsh, mate. Just because we haven't had a
0: guest on for the first time.
2: Yeah. So I see. Run out of interesting friends already. Pitiful.
0: We've got loads of great mates, thank you very much. We just fancy to chat with each other this week. Yeah. But what amazing mates have you been chatting to then, God?
1: Yeah.
2: Well... I've been gallivanting with Frank Sinatra in the barley hills of the Whiskey Evans, as he regales me with his blasphemous love for Jack Daniels. So strange. I prefer a single malt myself. But old Blue Eyes has a way of convincing me otherwise. We've heard him sing, but have you heard him talk? He must be a whiskey god in another dimension.
1: You know what, he might. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, God. I think I'd much rather hear from him than you anyway. Yeah, no, uh, with that tone, what, young man. What, what, yeah, yeah.
0: But the good thing is we do have a single malt this week for you to uh, review.
1: Yes, none of that Jack Daniels stuff. So we don't need to, you uh, for you to do any blasphemy yourself against yourself. Is that right? <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts on the Glenlivet Founders Reserve?
2: The Glenlivet founder's reserve, tasting notes, on the eyes, a light hay-colored amber, on the nose, orange zest, apples, pears, maybe raisins or dates, and perhaps a kiss of sea salt, on the palate, Glenlivet Founders Reserve really presents as a typical highland single malt. It is a Glen something after all. Sweet, medium syrupy viscosity. A light anise or licorice lingers at the top of the experience before the apples and pears come back again. Roll it around the tongue and you'll find some caramel, toffee, even pie. On the finish, that caramel note warms up into a creaminess at the end, the sweet sugary quality turns almost into a dairy note, and the raisins almost into a hot cocoa. Overall, for a Highland malt, it is a refreshing change, or even a warming one. That's different for a Scotch of this region. All those caramel and fruit notes warming up into a creaminess, instead of a typical after note of ethanol. Add a little ice to turn that initial sweetness into a floral perfume, if you like. Ta-da! Do 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 do. Start spreading the news i leave yes. you today? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God, yes. Scott Chamberlain. <laughs> wow.
1: That is incredible. Wow. God, that's, we love that. That's a beautiful song. He just can't help
0: singing, can he? Just cannot help singing. Well, thank you for that, Whiskey God. We'll um,
1: hear more from the Whiskey God next week. And hopefully you'll, we'll have another song too. Hopefully, oh, is a funny thing about God. While, while while we're talking about God, Kate Sharp from uh, from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, yeah. Every time the God does a does a tweet, she says she can't help but read it in whiskey God voice, and it's really winding her up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really wonderful. So don't forget, you can follow the Whiskey God. Uh, we'll give, even though he's rude to us, we'll give him a shout out. You can follow him on Twitter at Whiskey God and on Instagram at. The dot dot whiskey god. that's whiskey we no E don't forget so uh, yeah I love that
0: it's like when you read Morgan Freeman's tweets or anything everything <laughs> you can hear in his voice he did mention there well he, he didn't mention Spaceside in that did he but then uh, no, he, he did he, he, he called it Highlands which is technically correct Um, so I'm going to go on the, bo- you know. on the
1: bottle it says on the bottle it says Spaceside
0: no it doesn't it doesn't say Spaceside anywhere on the bottle
1: where did I see it earlier then
0: yeah this is why we've ended up doing two in a row because we didn't know Glenlivet was a space side because it doesn't say it anywhere on the bottle.
1: In fairness, if you just put Glenlivet into Google, second up the <laughs> Glenlivet.com, the Glenlivet single malt space side Scotch Whiskey. I mean, they've, they've put it in their in their own website. Yeah, but they so do you no, know, God doesn't even use Google.
0: He doesn't. Well, he doesn't have Google I mean, up there, does he?
1: Calls himself an expert. Doesn't even use Google. No, no. Doesn't use the Google machine. But it doesn't say the on Google the bottle. Machine. Apparently they have fourteen copper pot stills. And uh, the owner is Pernod Ricard. I think he was in Star Wars, wasn't he? Or Star Trek.
0: <laughs> oh Jean Luc Picard. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Or> Pernod Ricard. <laughs> Glenn Levitt found the reserve. Make it so.
1: Amazing. Talking talking to people who would have good whiskey good voices. Patrick Stewart wow, Patrick would have a Stewart. great. He would Imagine. have a great whiskey god voice. Maybe, maybe one day we'll be able to be able to do that. Hopefully. That would be amazing. Hopefully we Him. can sack this one. The hey Nick, what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to? Anything? Um, Yeah.
0: Well, I've got, it's one of those things where I've got a few things in the pipeline, but nothing finished to kind of report. Like I've been, um, I've been recording a track with Dean DeChoso, our mutual friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Jared. My drummer, Jared. Jared Sandy. Yep.
0: And uh Jess Muse, who we had on a few weeks ago. The Whiskey God's favourite. Indeed, he do. We've been covering a uh a really heavy tune and I can't wait for it to come out. So this is the kind of thing I'm not gonna like, but I like everyone who's in yeah, it. Yeah, you'll you'll respect it and you'll like everyone who's in it.
1: <laughs> it's not something I've heard you but listen to yo. let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yes, yeah.
0: but um, that's going to be finished very soon, and I can't wait to share that. Nice, excellent. Um, so watch this space for that. But um, yeah, um, what have you been up to, Dave?
1: Well, uh, I finished off that project I've spoken about the last couple of weeks. Um, we don't normally get like too deep on this show, but I, I feel like I have to a little bit in order to talk about this because, okay. uh, so. So we'll do it anyway. So I've been working on this project uh, with the Americana Music Association, the UK Americana Music Association. Uh, in January, I was asked by them to do a songwriting workshop, or I applied and got not chosen to do a songwriting workshop, which was a... Uh, because the Americana uh, conference, UK Americana conference every year is in Hackney, they wanted to do a community-based product project. And rather than do something with the youth, which always get picked for these things, they decided to go the other way. And... Uh, found a group called the Hackney Elders, and we were paired up. We had two days at Cecil Sharp House, paired up with someone from that uh, from that social group, and spent a couple of days getting to know them. And wrote a song with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about about sorry their life. And I had a song called Maggie Knows about this wonderful woman called Maggie, uh, which is actually going to come out at some point next month. Which uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with how Nick you recorded on it. I know I'm know. on it.
0: I'm on that one. Love it. You are. It's a great tune, man. And, uh, such a great
1: tune. As a result of that. There was a little film made and as a result of that, Hackney Council got in contact with the Americana Music Association and Uh. said, would you like to do something with us for our Windrush, what they call it, the Windrush Generations Festival, uh, which is happening in June. Now this was all made before COVID, uh, COVID came along and the original plan by the Americana Association was that they'd get six new songwriters and pair them up and blah, blah, blah. Then lockdown happened and obviously... They wanted to still do it, but it was going to have to happen in isolation. So he decided to ask the same six who did the first one, just because we roughly knew what we were trying to achieve out of yeah, it. Totally. So this this was about a month ago. We got a, got a fa- um, had a little chat and said, would you all be interested? And all of us weren't doing anything. So we like, yeah, cool. Sounds great. Uh, so we got paired up. With, with And rather than do it over two days, you were kind of given a, uh, a few weeks to kind of do this and have many chats with, or as many chats as you needed to with the person you were paired up with. So I was paired up with this guy called Ngoma Bishop. Now, before I even get started, I want to make it clear, I did not really know what the Windrush... Thing was right, right. I remember the scandal a couple of years ago, and I even said this within our group chat. I was like, "I'm really sorry," and this is going to sound really ignorant, but I remember there was a scandal a couple of years ago. But I don't, I didn't really follow it. I didn't really keep keep my eyes on it, and I don't really know what Windrush is. Uh, so we had a big conversation with the group. I did some research myself, and and found out more. So, um, and this was after I'd agreed to do it. So it turns out that the Windrush essentially was a boat that brought people over from the West Indies or the Caribbean. Uh, to the UK it, in the fifties and sixties, when they were trying to rebuild uh, London and, and UK after the, the the economy after the war, there was a lot of jobs available, a lot of work to be done, and we were short on workforce because we'd lost so many boys mm. in the in the in the war. So um, we we reached out to our to the Commonwealth and said, "Come come to our country." Amazingly, it was Enoch Powell uh, who later. Try to get everyone to go home quite badly, but he was the one. He was the he was the Home Secretary who tried to encourage all these people to come over. So they did, and it was there was all this like propaganda. It's the Promised Land, and uh, there's, there's streets paved of gold, and all this, that, and the other. Come over, you can work for a few years, then go home, and you'll like, take all this money with you, yeah. and blah, blah blah blah. So of course they come over and they get mistreated. On the whole, uh, they get paid a certain amount of money that barely covers their rent. Um, so then the families have to come over, and and Goma was one of those kids that got brought over. Oh, okay, and the scand the scandal is it, that that happened a couple of years ago is these people were brought over as and told they were citizens, and then they weren't given given any paperwork yeah. though. And then a couple of years ago they tried to say to these people present paperwork to prove you are supposed to be here or go home. Yeah, which is quite outrageous. Bear in mind they were brought over as kids. Yes, yeah, this is all had they've known. known. Paper- like. It was all over. Yeah, it was over their head. They didn't have lives back in in, their, in the islands that they were from. So I was speaking to this guy called Ngoma and was learning about his story. He came over as an eight year old in 1963. Uh, he hadn't seen when he got to Heathrow Airport because uh, he flew over. like He was brought over on the plane. Um, he didn't even recognise his parents because they'd been over for for so long. Jesus Christ! So. Like, that's the, that kind of thing that was going on. And so he was a stranger in his own home. And this guy was wonderful. He was so good. Like, he's a poet in his own right, 65 years old. And he was giving me all this poetry and all these lyric ideas he had. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Now, I, very early on, said to him, Goma, I'm a little bit concerned about this project. And he was like, why? It's like, because I'm a white guy who's going about to tell a black guy's story of struggle. And I'm a bit concerned about that just because... You know, the, the visuals of that aren't great. You know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to save you. I'm not telling a story which you can't tell yourself. And he said something really nice to me. He said, Dave, we've spent some time getting to know each other. Me telling you my stories means you're now part of my story. Oh, wow. So you're allowed to tell it. Yeah. And I was like, oh. okay, fair enough. I can take that. So I have. I've written this song. We've written this song together. I'm going to make that absolutely clear. Mm. And we continue to write the song together, although it's finished. We continue to work on it together. We're going to get his brother to play flute on it. Uh, he knows some musicians that are going to play on it like from his side of things. And it's it's been a wonderful collaboration. Now, the reason I want to mention it today is because yesterday, Hackney Council put up on their website the page where the six songs that were written as part of this have all gone up to a page with videos, little performance videos of each one. A about, bit about the songwriter, a bit about the person it's been written about. Oh, amazing. And it's wonderful. Yeah, and the yeah, six yeah. the six songs are all completely different. We've all learned so much. And of course, everything that's going on with race relations has all come out in the middle of this. So we've all been having a lot deeper conversations within our little group, learning more. For me, I've learned so much about the Windrush story and the struggles. Uh I mean the, I think one of the the the, the most powerful things and Goma said to me, so he would have been going to school in the late sixties, early seventies. So he said at secondary school he made the fatal error of being clever and black. Okay and that really got me like oh like so he said the stories how did they treat him then so so he was he was put in the top set but he said there were other clever back kids but they only allowed one to go in the top set so because they separated him from the others he then didn't fit in with those other kids yeah. they then looked up at him as if he was getting special treatment but the teachers were also giving him treatment as if to say, we don't want you here. We don't like, so he, he he couldn't win either way. Yeah. Uh, And if like, he, he he said the stories were so bad. I can't even tell them. Right. Like I can't even, I I don't even want to revisit that about how bad it was being at school and being, being clever and um, as a black person at that time. Wow. And it's just like, and, and, it was just, the whole experience was so eye-opening because one, I went into this not knowing anything about Windrush or what it was. Obviously, I knew we had uh, a connection with the people from the Caribbean coming over in that time, but I didn't know much about it, uh, and then, then how it's all gone down since, and, and what has happened in his life. And he's, uh, I bought his book, because he's got a poetry book, and there's some great stuff in there. There's some, some really wonderful stuff, and... Uh, so his, name, his name's Ngoma Bishop, and I will share the song, the video uh, on our, and the link to the to the other songs and the, the web page yeah. uh, on in a, in our little note bits, but also on on our socials this week. What's his book called? His book is called. It's, it's co wrote with a friend. It's called "The Whole Story: oh. uh, Poetry and Anecdotes" by Ngoma Bishop and his mate Omar Ra. And uh, yeah, there's there's some wonderful wonderful stuff in here like this this one again it seems uh, it's called hope protected at times it f- seems like there is so much to write that there is no point in writing so much to learn there is no point in learning so much to say there is no point in talking so far to go there is no point in walking so little hope there's no point in hoping yet we write and we learn and we talk and we walk and we hope and we never stop coping wow and like it's just really cool stuff to to hear right now yeah, yeah, and yeah. to inspire you and uh yeah it's been it's been a very very great project to be part of and I'm, I'm honored and thank the American Association for having us The first project wasn't about one particular subject but the fact we've focused on this and especially at a time like with everything that's going on it's been it's been really uh, very a, a big learning experience for all of yeah, us yeah for sure for sure uh, and th- as I said the the other songs are are one, like the six songs and they're all completely different and they've all focused on different things and they're full of hope but a lot of them are all full of hope. Um, so it's not it's not a. although it's dark time like it's a dark subject matter. on the whole it's it's quite an uplifting thing to, to go and go and have a look and these stories and these people whose stories have been shared here are, are worth worth checking out yeah amazing anyway should what? we uh, should we crack on <laughs> I don't don't, I really don't know, know how, how we get back the to the that. show after that <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could we could use the old Anna Jones trip, and finally <laughs> <laughs>
2: Listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast.
1: Look at that, Dave. 13. So another show, 13. show thirteen. Yeah, no, no guess, but no problem, mate. Brushed Houston, it off. We haven't had a problem. Brushed it off. Um, I got two things I just quickly want to share from from social media. People have got in contact. Our good friend, friend of the pod, uh, George, uh, after our Talisker episode, has said uh, he's not much of a whiskey drinker, but I will try anything that explodes on the tongue. <laughs> So, I'll definitely have to try a talisker. <laughs> oh, Josh, George. <laughs> That's the kind of tasty note we like. Uh, and also, we, we've heard from your fan club. Kate, uh, leader of your fan club, has been catching up. About time. And uh, she said, Been playing catch-, <laughs> playing catch up on whiskey and things. Yeah. How the hell I got so far behind when I have no life, I don't know. And I generally can't decide what's funnier the pure filth Nick comes out with or Dave laughing at him.
0: Me? It's like filth so, coming Nick. out of me. Apparently, it's all coming from the uh, from the comments. All the filth. Thank oh. you very much.
1: <laughs> I'm the one raining. It yeah, in. so um, I'm raining it in. Raining it. He does. He does rain me in. In fairness, he rains me in. <laughs> but thanks to everyone who's got in contact. Uh, we've had a couple of like reviews on on Apple this week as well, which has been lovely to see. Yeah, thank uh, you very much. Please keep those reviews coming in. Uh make sure you press like on our socials and uh and come and come in if you really want to come get involved in our Patreon page as well. Yeah. Um c- coming soon. T-shirts. Anyway, what's going yeah, on next yeah, week, yeah, Nick? Yeah.
0: Oh, next week. Right. We've uh, like buses, spaceside whiskies are coming in twos after we've waited the entire <laughs> series to do one. So next week we're doing the Dal Winnie. It's got a W H in it. Dal Winnie. Winnie! 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 Dal Winnie, Winnie. Fifteen year old single malt. Very now, nice. I've had a little taste of this, Dave. And it's like nothing we tasted before.
1: It's Okay, well I can't it's wait. It's beautiful. Is this our oldest we've done yet? We've done a fifteen, have mm, we? How old's the Lagavulin? ofin? was sixteen. Sixteen, wasn't it? So But still, wow. it's
0: up there. But this one's gorgeous. It's like nothing else you've ever smelt. It's fresh, it's floral, more pears, but more perry than the one we've had this week. But uh, we'll talk can't, about can't we'll talk about that next week. So yes. I'm excited the now. Dal fifteen.
1: So if anyone has any opinions, please get in contact. We'd love to share them. Yes, please. And hear them. I'd love to hear them. And uh, we yeah, we don't know what our things are going to be. Uh, we you know, but we hope that you've enjoyed this alternate take on what whiskey and things can be. Uh, and we're going to have more guests. We might just. Do we'll have more guests. Once a month, of course we every will. couple of weeks.
0: Depending, you know, we want them to be good. And uh, it's going to be great. Shut up. Stop doubting us. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. Have a bit of positivity, have a bit will positivity you? positivity in Jeez. the world. Ugh. Oh, my God. We're professionals. Anyway, cheers. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.
2: Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.